0: are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And finally, spoiler alert. No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot, or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. Event Horizon. Which came out in 1997 and was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, Richard T. Jones, Jack Noseworthy, Sean Pertwee, and Jason Isaacs. The genre would be sci fi horror. <laughs> USAC intercepted a radio transmission from a decaying orbit around Neptune. The source of this transmission has been identified as the Event Horizon. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. (laughs) What happened here, Doctor? I don't know. What are you telling me, that this ship is alive? You wanted an answer, and it's the only one I've got. I'm telling you I saw it. I don't want to die in here. God help us. I could not completely fathom why, but I just find this film so entertaining. It's scary and tense at points genuinely. I remember finding it very scary when first seeing it in theaters. But now having rewatched it several times, I just kind of find all of the gore, jump scares, freaky production design, and nightmarish hallucinations to be more interesting, more entertaining. It's basically a haunted house and space thriller, but with zero subtlety, nor restraint. I mean, this film wants badly to be Alien or The Shining in space, and there are several elements there to potentially pull that off, including a pretty strong cast, including several Oscar nominees. You have 90s Fishburn effectively playing the no-nonsense ship's Captain Miller. You ever seen fire and zero gravity? It's beautiful. It's like liquid. It slides all over everything. Comes up in waves. And they just kept hitting him. Wave after wave, he was screaming for me to save him. What did you do? I did the only thing I could. I closed the lifeboat hatch and I left him behind. Sam Neill well cast as the creepy, unhelpful science officer Dr. Weir. Jason Isaacs also spot on as the pensive trauma surgeon. Look, if what Dr. Weir tells us is true, this ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe, of known scientific reality. Who knows where it's been? What it's seen and what it's brought back with it from hell you don't believe in that kind of stuff do you? whoever sent that message he sure believes in hell and even alfred from the show gotham who has good presence as one of this ship's repairmen among others of course i'm referring to sean pertwee nobody is given too much depth but they each perform their roles well enough the main difference between this and the genre masterpieces that it's trying to emulate is that director Paul W.S. Anderson, he just does not have the patience nor delicate touch to develop the horror. As a director, Anderson just kind of blows his wad early on when we get that first reveal of the core-slash-gateway of the titular Event Horizon ship, which our crew of the Lewis and Clark have been sent to recover. Now, this was something built by scientifically inclined humans, mind you, and it looks like Pinhead spa, or something diabolical along those lines. Anything but the engine core of a functioning spaceship. It has all of these foreboding metal spikes, and it just looks mean and uninviting. Resulting in one of this movie's funniest lines when we see Sam Neill's Dr. Weir touring others inside of this metal monstrosity, and he tells them all while literally standing right next to one of the larger metal spikes. You can come down. It's perfectly safe. And the film just goes buck wild from that point on, with loads of well-shot carnage and performances from the cast, which at least help you buy this journey into hell that they are taking in space. Kathleen Quinlan also delivers a stronger performance than this material deserves as a tormented, divorced mother who this haunted ship is drawing in with disturbing images. About an hour ago, I saw my son lying on the examination table and... And his legs That's were if you don't mind my saying problems. so. It sounds a little like shock. Could it be that you're traumatized no, by seeing the body of no, excuse me no <laughs> seen bodies before? This was different. Paul W. S. Anderson was clearly going for something extreme here, and props to him for never compromising as the story just gets increasingly grimmer towards the end. Overall, this film just remains a highly rewatchable sci-fi horror freak show. And don't even ask me about what happens to Sam Neill's eyes. Oh my God. What happened to your eyes? Where am I going? We won't need eyes to see. That brings us to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Now, in case you were not already aware that this movie came out in the late 90s, this film reminds you abruptly, at the very end, one last fake-out jump scare for the two survivors, then the screen fades to black, then says The End, in case we didn't know, and then the most popular electronica band of the time. Well, just in the U.S., at least, if we're being honest. Yes, folks, it's The Prodigy, that British electronic dance band formed in 1990 by keyboardist-slash-producer Liam Howlett. The song is from their Breakout 97 album, Fat of the Land. And while it honestly has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, it's damn catchy nonetheless. Or maybe it does refer to much of the imagery that we have just seen over the previous 95 minutes. The song is called Funky Shit. The next category is wasted talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Sean Pertwee is one of those British journeyman actors who you really only see if you're watching a certain type of genre on a certain medium. Over the past 30 plus years, he has been in more than 110 movies and shows, but mainly focused on British TV. I mean, all of the typical British shows that you would expect to see on his IMDb. Skins, Death in Paradise... Alan Partridge, and of course, Doctor Who. Come on. He did also have his most prominent stateside role recently, playing, as I mentioned earlier, Alfred Pennyworth on the prequel series Gotham, which lasted for about five seasons on Fox. I liked it. And he was definitely one of the best things about it. His incarnation of Alfred remains one of my favorites, right up there with Jeremy Irons and Michael Caine. That said, Pertwee has been in very few movies, and even fewer American movies over that time. Besides a small role in Swing Kids, which came out over 30 years ago, this is pretty much the only movie that I have seen him in, and that's just a shame. Pertwee plays Smith in this movie, or others call him Smitty, and he's also quite good, as both he and Jason Isaac's DJ both serve as a reliable Greek chorus for Captain Miller to bounce things off of. Just like with Alfred, he plays it all likable and no nonsense. Smitty, have you seen anything unusual at all? No, I haven't seen anything, and I don't need to say anything, sir, but I can tell you. This shit is fucked. Well, thank you for that scientific analysis, Mr. Smith. Yeah, we well, don't need to. Fucking you, know? okay, you! All right. When you break all the laws of physics, and you seriously think that would be a price? I mean, you already killed the last fucking group! Oh, really? I know you want to kill us as well. The bottom line is that I just like this guy, and I would like to see more of him on the big screen. And now that brings us to the next category, which would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Roughly two-thirds of the way through Event Horizon. We are watching two of the crew from the Lewis and Clark trying to decipher a distress call sent out from the Event Horizon years ago, as they thought invited them to come out there to rescue them. Or did it? Well, they are finally able to recover actual video footage of what occurred. And it's pretty wild. The Event Horizon crew doing some gruesome stuff to each other. It's jarring for sure. Though having now rewatched this movie several times, I just find it more perplexing, almost curious. You just find yourself with thoughts watching this like, huh, is he putting that into, wait, no, why are they doing that with, wait, are those his eyes? Wow. Yeah, that just looks painful. It's literally 20 seconds of some of the freakiest stuff that you're ever going to see on screen. And I would strongly advise against watching this if you're squeamish. However, what makes it the signature moment of the movie is twofold. One is that it's a very efficient way of demonstrating the worst case scenario for the Lewis and Clark crew if they don't get the hell, yeah pun intended, away from this ship ASAP. And number two, the reactions of them watching this are pretty priceless. Especially two words of dialogue from Fishburne immediately following this up. This is the line of the movie. Uh, Miller? And now the next category, which would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. I am tempted to choose Paul W.S. Anderson, as he apparently gave his all into this, which to many might be his best film overall, which to be fair, isn't saying much considering the rest of his filmography. Now, fair or not, since the 1990s, the dude has just garnered a reputation for delivering Schlock, Though often schlock with a following, at least. The first Mortal Kombat movie, Soldier, the Resident Evil series, Alien vs. Predator, and the more recent Monster Hunter, which stars his wife and longtime collaborator slash muse, Mila Jovovich. Now, honestly, I have not seen most of these movies, but the ones I have seen are, well, they're okay. Mostly watchable, but ultimately forgettable. But at the end of the day, it's hard to call this a director's movie, as it's choppy and rushed at times which apparently was a lot of it was out of his control as the studio demanded strong cuts before release. I mean, I think they cut at least an hour of footage out. And while I would be hard-pressed to say that all of the production design really works, especially that ridiculous engine core, much of it still pops quite a bit thanks to Joseph Bennett, who does at least give these spaceships a lived-in, practical vibe in the vein of Alien. The cast also, they all do what they're hired to do, though I just wish they had more to do. And for the most part, the makeup effects are often effectively gnarly. Less so the CGI. But this being 97, I can understand that. I can forgive that. No, for me, there is one consistent aspect of this film, which is always on point, And that is how it looks overall. Whatever crazy imagery you're seeing is presented crisply. And with just the right amount of lighting to make it seem convincing. The space sequences look good too. Especially some eerily realistic images of Jupiter in the distance behind these ships. Speaking of which, both ships that we see, the Lewis and Clark and the Event Horizon, they both look distinctive on the outside, and within, there's a good sense of geography there. We can always tell where we are. This all comes down to exemplary work from the late, great cinematographer Adrian Biddle, who had one of those sneaky good filmographies going back to the 90s. He worked as DP on 27 movies over a 20-year period, with most of them being genuine bangers when it comes to visuals. Previous episode, Thelma and Louise, The Princess Bride, The Mummy, V for Vendetta. Hey, and wouldn't you know it, previous episode, Aliens, of course. Yeah, this guy just excelled at shooting fantastical elements with style and clarity. His last film was V for Vendetta, which I love, which he worked on shortly before passing away prematurely at the age of 53 in 2005. Yeah, unfortunately, Biddle was a genuine talent who just left us too soon. He will be missed, and he left behind a legacy of great-looking cinema. For elevating this film with his talent, Adrian Biddle is the MVP. My rating for Event Horizon would be three stars out of five. Yes, apparently this film had a rocky production history and a rocky release. It flopped upon release when it came out in 97. But from what I could tell, it's really garnered quite a cult following since then. And I could see why. It's just such a watchable movie with so many watchable elements. Good for the scary season. And if you're looking to watch Event Horizon, it is currently available to rent or buy on all major streaming platforms. And that ends another hellish review. Special shout out to my lovely wife Marlene Gershon for producing this podcast and to my lovely daughter Ella Gershon for assisting in the editing. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema.